whenever my world falls apart. I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. When Adam Guan was here discussing Das Barbecue, we went off on this short tangent about the advantages and disadvantages of writing for the theater. We joined the conversation already in progress. The freedom. I mean, every, every different art form has its own freedoms and restrictions and the things we can and cannot do. And the, the, the big disadvantage to, to musicals is, is the requirement of the audience for uh, suspension of disbelief yeah. to me. We're asking a lot from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But if you can get that, you have the freedom to do things like, and we'll just stick with I'll Be Here uh, as a specific example, to, um, to do things like I, when that song starts, I don't know where she is. I don't know who she's talking to. I don't know if she's talking to anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can start with that total freedom of just like, I'm just singing. And then as you do in that song, you can narrow the focus of the specificity so the audience gets a clearer sense of how, how long it's been since the last time we saw her, where she is, who she's talking to, what the relationship of that person is that we're talking to, what happened to the character we saw her with before, and where she is now. And you can do it in a way because of the music that is very immediate. And that mm-hmm. is very like, I am with this conversation as it's happening in a way that if it was a monologue or a scene or something, it wouldn't have the same. There's so much other context you'd need to give. Yeah, it. yeah. But the music gives you this context of like, oh, she's singing a song. Yeah. And we can drift with that and, and we allow our brains are ready to just sort of let it let it dr- glide and, and move and, and you can pace it the way it needs to be paced. And it. You know, once you get over the hump of it being like somebody, it's a person bursting into song instead of talking, which, you know, I do on the street. I don't know if anyone <laughs> else does. Uh, is once you get over that, the freedom you're, you're allowed in those moments is so, is so excellent. It's one of the reasons I prefer writing for, after years of making movies, I prefer writing for the theater is the amorphous space of it. Yeah. I can have two people sitting on a stage and then later tell you like, oh, by the way, we're on a bridge. Oh, by the way, that bridge is on fire. You know what I mean? And, right, don't, yeah. and the audience just kind of goes with it. They're just like, oh, right. Oh, okay. I guess we're, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like scripted improv. It's like, I can really, I can build the world as it, you're building the ship as you're sailing. Yeah. So building the cars. Is, yeah. well, there's something there. One, anyway. of my, one of my favorite moments of theater ever is a moment like this in, um, uh, in Circle Mirror Transformation, that last monologue. Hmm. Um, I remember I, um, I was at the very first preview of Circle Transformation at Playwrights Horizons because they do Playwrights um, does this like five dollar ticket lottery yeah. for all their first previews, um, um, and normally I try to stay away from first previews because I go <laughs> through previews. Preview, I right know, right <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, five dollars. So show. you're the kind of person I want at a first preview <laughs> <laughs> because you know. Because <laughs> I talk to people at the first previews who are like. I don't know. This is the show. I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's sort of the show. It's, right. like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a concept of the show. Like, um, shut up. <laughs> but so I showed up at this first preview of Circle Mirror Transformation. And, you know, there was a sign in the front that said, the running time of the show is two hours and 15 minutes with no intermission. And I was like, what Whoa. have I gotten myself into? Um, um, but, of course, it flew by. And then this last monologue... It, so the the show takes place in a uh, like a drama class in um, 
Vermont, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and the the conceit that's used um, as transitions from each scene um, is that um, there's a theater game they play where in order to get to know each other, um, the characters have to interview one another and then deliver a monologue um, um, in character as one of the other people sort of giving biographical details. So mm-hmm. between every scene, there's a monologue where a character is, is, is giving us information in the voice of another character. So, you know, you know, I work at the post office and I have two daughters, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so at the very end of the show, there, there's one character we haven't heard from in the scene transitions who's this um, 16-year-old girl who's played by Tracy Chimo. Um, and she's up there delivering this monologue um, from the point of view of one of the other characters, just like before. Um, and very subtly and very slowly, you start realizing that there's something different about this monologue. And very slowly the lights are shifting and you realize that we've fast forwarded 10 years in time and she's run into one of the people from the class on the street and is actually catching them up on what's happened to all the people over the course of the time. I mean, I have, mm-hmm. I literally have yeah, goosebumps oh just gosh, talking really about do. it. <laughs> I, it was, it was, it was one of the most thrilling, quiet, subtle moments of theater mm-hmm. um, that I had ever seen. And and it's exactly this thing that, it, it somehow it found a way for a monologue, like you say, to do a thing that a song can do, which is like happen in this abstract space and, and slowly give you information that's not there at the top. Yeah. Um, um, so I love that. Yeah, it is, it, it's, <laughs> the, it's the, the, the great thing, one of the great things about theater is that the audience has to do some work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the audience does not expect to have everything. The audience knows that, like, an actor can play many parts. So you can screw with people yeah. when you do that sort of thing. You can really fake actors, people out, and then they don't. you don't realize they're talking to, like, who exactly they're talking to. Like, you can really play with people's uh, perceptions very, very easily in a way that you absolutely cannot... You can do in film. I shouldn't say you can't do it. But it's much, much harder... Because people expect a certain amount of realism yeah. in their movies, I think. It's one of the reasons that movie musicals are such a tough sled. Yeah. Is that it feels very grounded in reality. It's one of the reasons that, like, for example, like one of the worst movie musicals ever, Hello Dolly, is <laughs> it does if you watch that, you kind of go, Wow, this doesn't like this doesn't work at all. <laughs> and you kind of start to realize why though, like how it's treated. Or even um to be more contemporary, uh, Susan Stroman's film of the producers. I oh, mean, yeah. no shade to any of the people involved in any of those productions, but there was something so theatrical about Hello Dolly and about the producers that if you're gonna do it as a film, you kind of have to really take that script and really shake it up and yeah. really be like, okay, it's a movie now, so like these scenes are like we can't just shoot a bunch of dancers dancing. We have to really play with with the form a little bit. Yeah. And so it, it, the, the limitations of that, like that realism can provide you with like, like the camera can get right up close to you. The camera <laughs> can be far away and great directors can know how to use the camera to conceal information or reveal information in interesting and exciting ways. But in theater, it is as a writer anyway, so much more vibrant to be like, I can do that for free. I can do this. Right. <laughs> you know, like in a, I can put you in a room and we can be literally anywhere 
I say we are. Yeah. And that's why I also tend to write stuff that has as minimal a set as is humanly possible yeah. because I really don't want you to get hung up on, I'll never forget going to see Sunset Boulevard when I was 13 and like, do you see it on Broadway? I, d- I saw the or recent it, revival, okay. but I never they saw it. They probably the did the same thing where her house descended from the back of the theater. Oh, they didn't like, do that. They didn't the, do that. Yeah. So it was one piece. It was one giant, like a diorama. Yeah. And it like, the curtain parted and this huge staircase and this thing like descended onto <laughs> the stage. And like the helicopter in Miss Saigon. Yeah. And the audience applauded. And I remember sitting there being like, that's wrong. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But that's wrong. Yeah. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be like, you know, whatever. I want it to be almost improv. I want it to be like, yeah. you know, like, you know, well, it's been a long time since we've been in this pet store. You know, like that kind of like, like, where are we exactly? What's going on? I want to be, I want to be participating. I want to be yeah. on my on the front of my seat a little bit. Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Engage my imagination. Wait, how long has it been since we last saw her? And it's it's really it's very hard to do that. I shouldn't say that like as a writer, it is a challenge to be like to keep the audience engaged on that level. Yeah. Um and is a is a tricky little thing. And it's it's obviously something that one done done well like in Das Barbecue when it is five actors playing 50 characters in a like completely meta adaptation of, <laughs> of a hugely one of those, t- those things that's famous in title. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I dare anyone to hum me something from the ring cycle. Like you pro- and the thing is you probably do know a theme from the ring cycle yeah. because of a car commercial or something, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you don't know that, that it's you from know the ring cycle. Yeah, exactly. So, you're playing in this sort of dangerous little space, but you can play in it. You can just live in this little sort of weird. How how much? I'm gonna hard crash back into Dust Barbecue for a second. <laughs> how much of um of the this this the, what were the theatrical trappings of the production like? I don't usually veer off the cast album too hard, but like what like were the costumes full? Was the set full? Was it you know fully westernized? It was definitely the costumes were definitely almost cartoonishly. Mm. Western, sure. Um, you know, cowboy hats, hats and chaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, God, I would love to see J.K. Simmons and chaps. <laughs> the original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Original Cast Pod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on all platforms at Unknown Penguin. Enjoying yourself? Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell the world. You can also find the original cast on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, and wherever fine podcasts are available. My thanks to Adam Guan for talking with me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Ah!